Hello motherfuckers, hey, hi, how you doing? My name is Nicholas Ercolano. And I hate that I had to launch this podcast during this week because it just seems like it's not even it doesn't even feel like it's insensitive to put out content not related to the protests and the riot. But it's like, how could you? It's the only thing that's pretty much on my mind as well as probably most people's minds almost 24 hours a day. Everywhere you look, every conversation you have, every time you log into Twitter or Instagram or whatever, it's the only thing you see. And it is starting to slowly marinate into your brain and into your heart. And I believe we're going on day eight or nine of these protests. I'm nervous for what we're about to see. Because for the first time, two nights ago, New York City enacted a curfew, 11 p.m. To start things off, I think is fucking crazy. I understand what's really, really fucking crazy is the fact that we're going through two of the wildest events that have ever come across my lifetime. Anyone under the age of 35 or maybe even 40, I don't even know the lifespan. Maybe this is the craziest shit for 50 and 60 year olds too. But two of the craziest events that I've gone through in my life are happening within like a month of each other in Corona and these protests, obviously. So they started doing the curfew thing with Corona, which made sense. And then everything went on lockdown. It's like, whatever, of course we need to do that for universal health. Now we're enacting a curfew to limit the freedom of expression and the freedom of speech by these people that want to protest. And say what you want about the damage that's being done then have punishments for the people that are breaking through windows, if that's your main concern. But the fact that, I mean, we're seeing shit where, like, these people are trapped on a bridge. Like, they cut off the Manhattan Bridge and left them there for an hour. And there's other, I don't know if this happened on the Manhattan Bridge or where it actually happened, but they're trapping people in certain places and throwing fucking tear gas at them. Like, real, real inhumane shit. And with these curfews, it started at 11 p.m. a couple nights ago. And then we get a text yesterday. It's moved up to 8 p.m. And as soon as I get that text message, my, my heart drops a little bit. And I'm like, fuck. I'm talking to some of my friends and they're like, okay, maybe it'll calm down with the 8 p.m. thing. You know, moving up the curfew, less people out late at night. And I'm like, nah, I'm thinking about it the opposite end of the spectrum. I think that that's going to make things so much worse. Now you're telling these people, you can express how you feel, but for three fewer hours than you were able to the night before. So for the people that are so invested into this, to the real protesters, to the real people who have felt real fucking pain from what's going on in our country in terms of the racial injustices, I'm looking at this, if I'm in their eyes, I'm like, yo, this is a challenge. This is not a rule to me. 8 p.m., okay, we're staying out there till 8.30, till 9, till 9.30, till 10, until y'all make the next move. Because I can only imagine, man, like, of course I have minority friends, I have black friends, I have people that I'm close to who have been personally affected by this. I haven't. So I don't feel the pain the way that they do. So the people that are out there protesting and out there late at night screaming at the cops and shit, the majority of them are not out there to do bad shit. The majority of them believe in what they're doing and believe in what they're saying and believe in the fucking havoc that they're wreaking on the country right now. So for you to tell them that they're not allowed to do that anymore, I'm like, fuck you guys to, you know, the authorities, to the politics, to the state, to the to the cops, whatever you want to put it at. So I've seen the pro I've seen big ass groups of protesters go by my apartment for each of the last two nights. The first night I was in the middle of recording with Noah and Mike and I have my window. My apartment is, is two floors. So I'm on the upstairs recording and that's the upstairs is the ground floor. 
So I got my window. I got a big ass window right by where I record. I had the blinds up. I had the window wide open and a group of like 20 to 30 protesters walk by. And these dudes are fucking rowdy. I'm like, okay, they, they want all the smoke right now with the protests. They look in, they see me. I got like studio lights on and shit. They see me talking into a microphone. They're like, and they start yelling my way. Nothing like net, you know, it wasn't like negative energy or nothing. They were just like excited and loud and shit. And they're like, yo, are you on the fucking radio? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just fucking recording a podcast, obviously. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And they're like, yo, tell your people I said, what up? I was like, all right, who am I saying this from? And the kid was like, from black males. And I don't know why, but that shit hit me like Mike Tyson. So I was like, damn, that felt like very, that was like a very strong statement. The power of the collectiveness of, of, of these dudes out there is so strong and the energy is so real. Last night was really fucking crazy because they had the curfew going on. And then I want to say, I forget what time it is. Let me look at my text messages real quick. It was after the curfew. I don't know if it was 8.30, 9.30, whatever it was. I start hearing tons of noise coming from outside it's getting louder and louder and louder i'm like oh shit something something's kind of popping off here so i go to my window i open up i look outside and i'm off of ninth ave which is like a pretty popular avenue in new york and i see a group of 100 people 200 people 300 people walking down ninth ave this is after curfew so you know these dudes are like they don't give a fuck what's about to happen and i'm hearing a chant and i don't know if i can confirm this but this is what i heard from them one side of it was NYPD, pause, suck my dick. NYPD, suck my dick. And I was like, oh, fuck. Things are about to get a little crazy out here. After a few minutes of that, they were marching downtown. I heard a loud ass bang. I don't know if it, it sounded, it, I don't know if it was a shot from something. I don't know if it was someone jumping on a car and hitting the car or breaking through a glass window or whatever the fuck it was. Loud as shit. I heard a ton of cop cars or a ton of uh, police sirens. And then after a few minutes, the volume started to tame itself down. I don't know if the crowd split up or they just kept marching downtown and they were like 10 blocks away from me. But like this shit is, is very real. Me and Animal went to go get coffee the morning prior to it. We went to the Starbucks, which is right around the corner from me. And next to it, there was a Verizon store with the entire front window glass pane shattered. So they went in there, looted that shit. And it's starting, you know, it's starting to hit home. Like I said, it, it, it has personally affected a lot more people than me. But now things are starting to kind of ripple into my life. This is very much right outside my apartment. The energy is real. The things that are happening are extremely real. And I'm starting to think like the delta between the problem in the country and, and what's actually happening. You know, what, what the real problem is here, right? Because yesterday was fucking Black Box Tuesday. Cool. Here's what's not funny about the Black Box Tuesday, but the way I look at it, right? You'll, you'll hear everything I do on this podcast that's personal. I'll probably somehow relate it back to marketing. So when you're marketing a product or a service, you, you think about the audience, the, the way they get to buying your product, you take them down a funnel. So they call it the top of the funnel, which is raising awareness, right? People don't know about your brand, your product, your service, whatever the fuck it is. And you need to get them into the top of a funnel. Think of it like a beer funnel. Think of it like a cylinder that's very large at the top and it funnels down to something small at the bottom, right? The top of it is the large number of people getting to know your product or service. You get them into the top. This is what I kind of saw the Black Box Tuesday thing as, right? It's everybody posting it. It's people's way of showing, oh, I'm aware. I know what's going on in the country as if we didn't know all this fucking racist shit was happening prior to this. The problem with this, the, the problem I see right now is that 
people can acknowledge it. Like everybody knew there were problems going into this entire protest situation months ago, years ago, whatever. We're acknowledging the awareness and people are are okay with just being not racist, right? I, I would say like the large, large, large majority of people are not racist. How can we as a collective acknowledge that racism exists to other people like if it's not you getting personally affected but you can acknowledge it it's our responsibility not to just acknowledge it but to also act on it like how do you, how do we feel okay about knowing that other people are being treated unfairly and then just saying okay i acknowledge it that's no longer the bare minimum having awareness about the situation or acknowledging the situation cannot be the bare minimum if we want to move the needle. It doesn't make sense as, as a human race to know that there are people that are hurting, that are being treated unfairly, and then just saying, yes, I acknowledge you, but then not fighting for it. Like the bare minimum needs to be fighting for it. The bare minimum is that if you're can, if you you're aware of the situation at hand, if you know what's happening, it's no longer okay to use that as the bare minimum. You can't just be like, I support y'all. I love y'all. You know, black lives matter, all lives matter, whatever the fuck you want to say. That doesn't, that's not it, man. That's why the Black Box Tuesday thing was like very, I mean, it's powerful in the sense that you see how many people are backing the situation, but it's worrisome because 90% of the people that do that think that that helped anything. And it didn't, it didn't help at all. That shouldn't have been the black, that shouldn't have been the bare minimum. And, and I'm glad that I saw, you know, those posts starting turn more so into how we can help posts, right? People were not just posting a black box, but they were posting 40 ways that you can help immediately. Here are resources, here are donation places, here are charities, foundations, whatever it is. And on a personal level, man, I, I really wanna go out there and protest, but I'll be honest with you, I, I'm a little nervous to do it by myself. I don't have, most of my friends are not in my area and they can't really get to me. I might sound like a huge pussy, but I don't know if I feel comfortable going out there in the protest and, and all that riot shit by myself. I really, really, really want to. And I feel like I probably will eventually get out there and, and try to play my part. But I, I think people need to understand, like think about how ridiculous that is, that you can acknowledge it. You're like saying like, yep, we know racism exists. Here's a black fucking box. Like, what if it was you in turn? What if you were on the other side of this thing, right? And I'm just thinking from my perspective, guys. So some of you guys might actually be deeply affected by what's going on. Some of you guys might not be. You might be in the same situation as me. But if if you could sit there and acknowledge that there is this, this overlying fucking problem going on, and you think that just acknowledging, you think you're like, okay, I'm not racist, right? N just not being racist is not good enough. We need to not only acknowledge that we're not being racist, but we need to fight for the people that are being hurt by it, man. Like it's, I don't know, I don't know. This was just the thought that kept going through my mind over and over and over again yesterday. And it's funny, it's funny because Steve, I was texting him yesterday and we, we, you know, we were just talking about the situation and he's like, bro, I'm kind of nervous about you being in New York. I feel like you should get out of there. And I was like, honestly, as, as, a, as a white male, I, I don't feel unsafe whatsoever. I, it's not like people are just like targeting people for the fuck of it. If I was a police officer, I'd be nervous as fuck. So he texted me, I'll read you some of our conversation. He was like, I feel like you need to get out of the city. I was like, it's it's not like it's the purge and people are just breaking into random people's houses. And we were talking about like what it's gonna take to, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it's like, if, if basically we took every white person over the age of 55 that's in power, that has some sort of decision-making power in this country, took them out of that job, there would be so much less racism, if not non-existent, to be honest with you. And it actually gets me excited for the future of our country in the sense that our generation, right? I'm 27, I'm a millennial. We are far and away, I'm, I'm confident in saying this, the least racist generation that has ever come. 
the generation under us will be even less racist than us and the generation below them will be the least racist of all of them right and it will continue to trickle down until racism trickles out because we've built such a, a strong foundation of anti-racism with the youth right we're, we're in it we're in it i mean i'm in hell's kitchen this is so primarily a, a gay area and to think of what new york city would be like if you just had 25 gay dudes running around like having the time of their lives like a lot of people would look down on that just you know 10 years ago but we're we're all working towards this equilibrium where everybody is comfortable with themselves and it's the generation above us the older white males that hate this they hate the idea that they're not the alpha anymore because there is no alpha there's just people if you're the smartest you'll be an alpha if you're the best at what you do you'll be an alpha it doesn't matter what fucking color you are won't matter what age you are won't matter what sexuality you are whatever the fuck the reasons are behind it and that's the way our generation has moved man and i'm super fucking proud of that for as, for as much shit as people talk about the millennial generation and the generation under us we are creating our own path man we are the most innovative generation that we've seen thus far and it's cool because like imagine it's fucked up and cool, I guess, but we have scale. Like there's never been scale before with the internet because generations before us didn't have the ability to create something and then scale it out to the world in a matter of seconds. With that scale obviously becomes a much more refined number of experts that people listen to, right? Because we open up the internet for people to have the scale. That also means you're competing with a billion other people. So only the best people will really rise to the top and become the ones that influence people. And if you have that influential power, you're the one that's really going to change the mindset of the youth and the people that come underneath us because you're the people that those young people look up to. And we're doing a fantastic job as a generation. Like imagine 50 or 60 year olds that we're talking about now, those white dudes I'm talking about that are in power making these terrible fucking decisions had the internet. Like we might be living in a Nazi country if that were the case. And for any older white dudes out there, guys, I'm just generalizing. Obviously, y'all get the point, though. And, you know, that's 100 percent facts. You don't got to take it personally. It just is what it is. Yeah, so this this uh, podcast episode kind of went fucking everywhere. That's just what these Why You Yelling podcast episodes are going to be. They're just whatever's top of mind I'm going to talk about, and hopefully it maybe puts your mind at ease or helps you be more comfortable with the thoughts that you have in your head because I'll put out the craziest fucking shit out here. I don't care. As long as it helps y'all, you know, get to know yourselves a little bit better. I guess that's the point behind this podcast. It helps me. Like, as I'm fucking talking about things, it makes me think about things that maybe I wouldn't have thought about inside my own head. I think I've always found putting myself on camera or hitting, you know, the record on the microphone has always helped me express myself in the best way. It's the most comfortable I am expressing myself. Like, even on a human-to-human -human interaction, I'm way better doing it this way. So I'm hoping that, you know, again, this, this kind of opens your brainwaves in a sense and makes you think about the larger picture. And uh, I hope this was, you know, valuable in some fucking way, shape or form. If it was, uh, I would love for y'all to leave some kind of rating and review on iTunes because that helps with a little bit of organic growth and other people can find the podcast. And as always, man, I, I take a lot of time and effort to put out this content. So any, uh, any sort of feedback is, is much appreciated. Y'all could find me on Twitter at Nick underscore B D. G E. So without further ado, tuck your shirts in, stop yelling. I'll see y'all tomorrow.